0: This is a Federal News Network podcast.
1: The controversial White House directive banning what the Trump administration thinks is divisive diversity training. It applies to federal contractors, too, adding to a heap of concerns that cloud the new fiscal year. For one take, we turn to the president and CEO of the Professional Services Council, David Berteau. And uh, except for reporting by our own Jared Serbu, most everyone overlooked the fact that buried in that Second round of memos was the fact that that kind of training that the white House doesn't like is also banned at federal contractors, so that's a big issue i guess around town now isn't it
0: it is tom and and kudos uh to federal news network and to and to jared for uh, uh for pulling that out of course it it's it's rare but it's not unheard of that an executive order will actually dictate a contract clause and uh, put it into play. We've seen that uh, for several administrations now. Uh, typically, uh, it has to go through the normal rulemaking process for a federal acquisition rule to be put into place, but uh, but it's been done been done over and over again. It was done in cybersecurity by the previous administration, for example. Um, but there are a number of impacts that we're watching very closely here. One is, the obviously, the impact on the companies. Number one, those companies that deliver training to the government under contract, their contracts are still in force. They still have to comply with that contract as well as with the laws, the equal opportunity laws and, and the regulations already in place, right? Then there's the burdensome, uh, potentially quite burdensome data call. Uh, the, the executive order requires uh, the um, Labor Department to put out a Federal Register notice within 30 days asking for all training internally that companies do internally and, quote, copies unquote of those trainings i don't know what copies are i presume it's the artifacts of what what your slides say and what powerpoints PowerPoint say it's cetera your powerpoints and all that uh, but it could even be a video of the training out if we haven't seen the request yet um, but there's no question that this is going to be a very uh, burdensome and, and potentially intrusive call um and uh and members are already asking me well who's going to pay the cost of this right because it's not free we're not going to pull all this stuff together for free somebody's going to have to going to pay for costs uh and it, then there's the the Perhaps most significant impact, which is on companies' own internal training, again, in compliance with the law, but also consistent with their needs to be able to recruit and retain the workforce. We've talked many times on this show of the challenges facing the federal workforce, both federal civilians and contractors who support them. You know, every big company I know, every medium sized company I know in our membership has funded. Open requisitions; they cannot hire enough people to do the work that they're already under contract to do, right? And uh, and this potentially makes that a, a lot harder. And then finally, there's some significant implementation challenges here. We are already hearing reports of the Labor Department adding compliance with this executive order to their upcoming previously scheduled audits. And when we've asked Compliance with what? There's no FAR rule yet. There's no language in our contracts yet. What are we complying with? And not clear that the that the auditors actually know the answer to that question, right? And then we see over the weekend the, the Office of Personnel Management is suspending all training uh, pending review. And again, this is going to be a, a long, ongoing process. So we're working with our members, and and we're. I expect you'll see, you'll be hearing and seeing more both from PSC and from other trade associations in the coming days on this topic.
1: Yeah, what's difficult here is I think that the White House is trying not to ban diversity and inclusion training, but trying to ferret out what it believes were reported to it as instances of some kind of an extreme training, such as critical race theory and these sorts of things, which – they believe can be divisive i 'm not really familiar with them I haven't had the pleasure of that kind of training myself, so it's hard to know what precisely they mean. I think that's making it difficult also
0: it, it is making it difficult and, and while I, I won 't profess to have looked at every training document that every company uses for itself i'm unaware of any uh, uh, such extreme examples as those cited in the in, in the administration's executive order and You may also know that, uh, you know, a week ago, uh, the Office of Management Budget put out a supplemental memorandum to this. It's uh, M-20-37, I believe, that actually is inconsistent with the executive order itself and and confuses and obfuscates implementation even further. Um, This has got to get sorted out uh, fairly quickly uh, or it's going to have some really serious impacts on, uh, particularly on companies' own abilities to operate and comply with their existing contracts.
1: We're speaking with David Berto. President and CEO of the Professional Services Council. There's a few other things that are opening this new fiscal year under our continuing resolution, besides the CR itself. And that is a lot of contractors, I think, are unhappy that the cybersecurity maturity model certification rules came out as bang. It's in effect now, folks. Enjoy. And comments can be submitted, but they may not have any effect on it.
0: You're right, Tom. And of course, uh, and thank you for mentioning the continuing resolution as well. At least we got through last week without a government shutdown, uh, although I think we actually had 56 minutes of a lapse in appropriations after midnight before the, the CR was actually signed. Uh, but Well, at current rates that's... of
1: spending, a lot of money can go out the door in 56 minutes. <laughs>
0: Well, usually uh, that hour right after midnight is fairly quiet, but uh, uh, but I, I do think that the, the, the CMMC, the Cybersecurity Maturity Model Certification Program, uh, which has been DO, DoD's uh, bellwether on uh, increasing cybersecurity for contractors for quite some time. Uh, the The interim rule did uh, was released, made public and, and we 've got uh, sixty days to comment on it It, it takes effect uh, before the comments can be uh, uh, received, adjudicated, incorporated into that. We were very disappointed with that the dod had had told us all along that we should expect the proposed rule because they needed that input. Um, I don't have a good explanation as to what made that change at the last minute, uh, but that change is there. And of course, we we always like those comments to come into play. We've got a f- serious effort underway to uh, to gather those uh, those comments. I think the key questions that we still have here is is there is as yet no process to certify any company. So as DoD begins to uh, put uh, that clause into contracts or into requests for information or RFEs, Um, companies are going to be struggling to know whether they can actually meet the requirements in a timely way. Now, DOD is working hard and the accreditation body is working hard to get those certification processes out there. But the fact of the matter is you cannot get a certificate today and nobody can tell you when you will be able to have one and who gets to go first. You know, there's a lot of RFPs come out if this contract clause is in there. Who gets to go first and who has to wait?
1: But there is a cohort of certifiers that have been graduated So they're going to go into companies, and I guess then the conversation will be, well, here I am. Okay, well, what are you going to certify? I don't know. What do you want me to certify? I mean, that's kind of what's going on at this point.
0: Well, I, I do think that the that the, the training materials and the certification requirements are, are being well-developed and well-documented. And I also think we can take heart in the fact that we think DOD is only going to incorporate this clause, uh, this DFARS clause, and, and or the clauses and the rule, um, when, in fact, they're ready to be able to implement and execute it. So I think there's an awareness of that alignment, but that doesn't necessarily leave companies comfortable because they have no visibility and no certainty moving forward. We'll continue to watch this very closely and participate fully in it, and of course, submit comments comments back to uh, to the government in a timely way.
1: And the final issue I wanted to ask you about is in between everything else, Congress, the two houses need to hammer out their final national defense authorization act and that's not quite meshing gears yet totally, is it?
0: Well, um, the the two bills passed in in a, in a timely way. Um, there's no conferees named yet. Uh, you know, we suspect the staffs are talking to each other, but we're certainly not going to get serious about uh, uh, integrating these two bills together. PSC uh, released uh, just yesterday our our letter to the members uh, and to the to the committee chairs uh, on on all the issues that we think are important in there. Uh, many that we support, many that we've advocated for over the course of time. Uh, some of which would, uh, you know, uh, um, go back and revisit previous legislation, for instance, on reducing procurement administrative lead time. Uh, the laws are clear. The executive branch is not implementing them yet, and it's time that they do. Um, but we also have a number of provisions that we oppose, and particularly things that are duplicative and burdensome uh, on companies without any benefit coming from that whatsoever. So uh, we'll have that posted uh, on our website. Uh, you can uh, you can provide a link to that uh, to our listeners here.
1: David Berto is CEO and president of the professional. Professional Services Council, as always, thanks so much.
0: Thank you. Look forward to the next one.
1: We'll post this interview at slash federal drive. Subscribe to the federal drive at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One.
0: This episode is brought to you by Zell. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips First, always make sure you know and trust the person you are sending money to. Second, confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, think twice before sending money through an app or online.
1: What will it take to conserve 10 billion acres of ocean, 1.6 billion acres of land, and over 600,000 miles of river? What will it take to protect and restore natural habitats in over 70 countries around the world and in all 50 states here at home? What will it take? You. Together? we will make it happen. It's in our nature. See how your gift
0: can help at nature.org. The Nature Conservancy. Protecting nature, preserving life.